So I wonder if you're having a good summer. Everybody having a good summer? Awesome times. Beaches and ball games and cooking on the grill. Come on, somebody. Anybody like cooking on the grill? Yeah, it's fun stuff. So when I say best summer ever, that's not what I'm talking about. You guys know that by now, right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what can we do as followers of Christ to experience the fullness of God in, in a greater way. And that's what this series has been all about. We've uh, talked about the name of God, and we've talked uh, about, uh, to men last week, about being a godly man in a godless culture. And today, I think we're just going to wrap all of those thoughts up in what we're going to talk about today. So I want you to hang with me. I want you to lean in. Uh, I, I think if you'll, um, here, here's what your temptation is going to be. Because uh, some of you are new to church, some of you have been in church for a long time, and I'm going to tell you, those of you that have been in church a long time are going to be tempted to go, okay, I heard that before, so I'm good. I can check out, and I'm going to ask you not to do that today, because I believe that what we're going to talk about today can be foundational for your walk with God. So here we go. John chapter 8 be on the screen behind me. He says, now, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me. So my question for you is, how are you at following? See, I believe in leadership. I believe we ought to be leaders. i I taught my children that, or try to be a leader. Don't be a sheep. Be a leader. Be out there. Be the best in your class. Be the best on the field. Be the best in your walk with God. Do your best. Be a leader. But I, I've also learned that it's impossible to be a great leader unless you're a devoted follower. Because somebody's better than you. You can't be a great athlete if you don't follow what the coach is saying. You can't be a great follower of Christ if you don't listen to God and do what he says. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What, leading is one thing. In fact, you remember when Christian bookstores were a thing? They're, maybe so. You could go into a Christian bookstore and you could find aisle after aisle on Christian leadership. Never found one on followship. Except the Bible pretty important when I Donna said what's what, what's the key theme of your sermon this week and I said fellowship and she went it was text message because that's how we communicate now right she said fellowship or fellowship and I said fellowship and she went okay so here's here's the idea let's talk about what it means to be a follower and in that, I think we're going to find out what it looks like to be a fully devoted follower of Christ, which, by the way, is in our mission statement. That's who we are as a church. And, and frankly, that idea of who we are as a church, of being a fully devoted follower of Christ, came from this epiphany I had about 16 years ago. And I literally wrote it down. I think I've told you about this before, but it bears repeating. I, I, I wrote this little this little blurb, and I titled it, I Don't Want to Be a Christian Anymore, which garnered some raised eyebrows. 
And, and it wasn't that I didn't want to love Jesus anymore. I just didn't want to be a part of status quo religion. Just doing the Sunday thing, doing the Wednesday thing. It was old and tired. There had to be more to this Christian experience besides just doing church. There had to be something else. And so I determined at that point in my life to be a fully devoted, committed follower of Jesus. Not just Christian in name only, but to be a devoted follower of Christ. So my question for you is, are you a believer or are you a follower? The Bible says even the demons believe. I'm not asking you if you believe in Jesus. I'm asking you if you're a fully devoted, committed follower of Christ. Because there is a difference between believing that Jesus is who he said he was and committing your life to what he taught. That's what we're going to talk about today. So this, this is kind of one of my go-to topics, and I guess every preacher has them. But today we're going to talk about a, a subject and, and the idea of what following looks like. And when we say this word, you don't like it. I'm not a fan of it, but it's just reality. And the word is surrender. Um, if you grow up in your, in your competitive in nature, the idea of surrender grates at your soul. Because you want to win. You want to be at the top of the heap. You want to win. I went to my youngest son's adult baseball league game last night. And it was an excellent game. It was fun, extra innings, and they lost in the last at-bat. And while they're, you know, these are a bunch of, you know, not high school players anymore, and it's funny because they, they run much slower, swing much softer, <laughs> throw much easier than they did when they were in high school. And, but you could still see this disappointment on their face when they lost that game. And because we're not, that's, that's not what we want to do. We want to win. And I'm going to tell you that sometimes the Christian life is upside down. And we win by surrender. We gain our life by losing it, is what Scripture says. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Surrender means this, to yield to the possession or power of another. To yield to the power of another. Let me see if I can give you an illustration of what that might look like. When I was about 17, I went on a rafting trip in Tennessee. And um, there was three of us, and the only raft they had left was designed for six people. And they told us it may be difficult to control. And we're like, not for us. So we get into the raft, and it, everything is fine as long as the water's calm. They give us this little test. And it's not a little test, but this little uh, demonstration before they let you into uh, the boat. And, and it says, if you were to capsize, and we're thinking, we're not capsizing. If you were to capsize, don't fight the current. Just relax and let the current take you where it's going to. You'll never win the battle against the current. We're not worried about that because we're big, strong, young men, right? And so we get to this point in, in, on, the, on the river where it says, do not proceed without a guide. I'll give you three guesses what we did. We proceeded without a guide. 
And all was fine until we saw the water in front of us begin to churn and turn a different color. And we thought, oh, that's why. (laughs) Well, our boat, instead of going this way down the waterfall, turned this way and dumped all three of us out. And so guess what I did? I fought the current and fought the current and fought the current. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to die today because I'm stupid. And then I remember what they said in, in, the, in the illustration, in the demonstration, and I just crossed my arms, leaned back, and before I knew it, I was in still water. And, and while that's funny to imagine Dwayne tumbling down on that waterfall, I learned a valuable lesson that day. And Lord, the Lord taught me a lesson that day. is that You can fight me all you want to, but you're never going to win that fight. Your life will go a lot easier if you just surrender. If you just yield to my power and let me take over. And now listen, I, I wish I could tell you that there's never been a moment since that day till now that I didn't, hadn't fought against the current because I have. And the truth of the matter is, it never ends well. The only way I've found to be successful in this walk, in this life, is in my attempts to lead, is to remember that I got to yield to the power that's greater than my own. And his name is Jesus, by the way. So I'm going to give you two basic truths before we start off today. The first one is this. There is a God. Would you, do you believe that? Do you believe that there is a God? Yes, there is a God. He's a, it's not just some figment of our imagination. There is an all-powerful, creative person his name is god the father god the son god the holy spirit there is a god amen Amen. the second truth is you're not him does it make sense because i asked you do you believe there's a god yes an all-powerful creator yes Does it make sense to affirm the existence of an all-powerful creator and then ignore him? No. You would say that's crazy, and it is. So I know, God, that you're there and that you created all there is and that you spoke the world into existence. And I know you want me to go down this path, but I've got a better idea. You laugh because it sounds stupid, doesn't it? Do you know why it sounds stupid? Because it's stupid. Why would we do that? So here's the question. How many of you use your GPS all the time? Okay, okay. Let me, let me, let me ask you another. Okay. How many of you use your GPS when, even when you don't need your GPS? There's a reason we don't put microphones on the front row. So, okay, how many of you have ever ignored the instructions of your GPS? Okay, one more. How many of you have ever ignored the instructions of your GPS and and it, it, it blew up in your face? Me too. I'll tell you a story. I was coming home from Cleveland, Tennessee. If you understand Cleveland, Tennessee, Cleveland, Tennessee is straight up I-75, and I had to go up there for school. It was late. It was like 10 o'clock at night, and so I am slightly exceeding the speed limit down I-75, just slightly. 
Okay, I'm in church. I was flying. I was ready to come home. And all of a sudden, my Siri started going, uh, exit in two miles. And I'm like, what? And I see what she's trying to do. She's trying to get me off on Georgia 20 and come all the way across Georgia 20 through coming into Lawrenceville. And I'm like, that would take me 45 minutes extra out of my way. And she keeps exit now, exit now, exit now. And I'm like, she does not know what she's talking about. I know better. And as soon as I get past the exit, she's trying to get me to get off on. Guess what I see? Tail lights, brake lights. And I sit there for over an hour. And I'm going, you big dummy. <laughs> See, you, you can't follow something until you surrender to its leadership. See, uh, you, you're not really, you're following your GPS until it tells you to do something you don't want to do. Or you're following your GPS until it's telling you to do something you think you know better than. And I'm going to tell you that's how we treat God. God, I'll follow you. I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll, I'll, I'll do my devotion. I'll, I'll listen to your word. And until you tell me to do something I'm not comfortable with, and then I've got a better plan. Until you tell me to give something I don't want to give, then I've got a better plan. Until you tell me to serve somewhere I don't want to serve, then I've got a better plan. Until you tell me to lay down a habit, a, a substance, an addiction that I don't want to lay down, I've got a better plan. Until it, I, I'm good with you as long as you're keeping me doing what I feel like I want to do. That's not following. You can't follow until you surrender. So we're going to talk about surrender today. Write this down if you're taking notes. The call to follow Christ is a call to total surrender. Total surrender. Look at somebody say total. Matthew 4 and 18 says it this way. Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Now, Matthew was not a fisherman. Don't you think that's funny? They were casting a net into the lake because they were fishermen. Why else would they be casting a net into the lake? Matthew wasn't a fisherman, so he was just being very descriptive and analytical about the whole process. They're casting a net into the, into the lake because... They're fishermen. And then Jesus says this. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll send you out to fish for people. Here's, here's the key. At once, they left their nets and followed him. At once. They left everything. Their careers, their families, their hometown, their plans, their hopes, their dreams, their friends. They left the familiar. They left the comfortable. They left it all at once. <laughs> On this idea that Jesus just might be everything that we think he might be. They left everything at once. Now, there's something I've always questioned, always thought. There's, there's things in the Bible that, you, that are behind the lines, that, you, that are, you know, tucked inside the page that we don't really see. Now, the Gospels record Jesus calling his disciples, and we see them say yes one at a time. But I've always wondered this. Do, do we have a, a record? Do we have an account of the disciples, the, the, the first 12, and they, they all just said yes right away? Or do we have an account of the first 12 that said yes? Do we have an account of 
maybe we're missing all the ones. Maybe he called a hundred different ones, and they said, no, I got, you know, I got too much invested in my business. I got, I got stuff to do. I got, a, I got a vacation planned. I got this other stuff going on. I can't follow you today. I could follow you, you know, a week from next Thursday, but I can't follow you today. Did he do, do we have an account of the ones that at once left and followed him? Oh, listen, I don't, I don't want to miss that call. When, when Jesus calls to Dwayne and says, come follow me. And oh, by the way, we want to wrap that around our salvation experience. And, and, and I believe that that is a, you know, a, a call to come follow me. But listen to me. I believe if you'll listen, if you'll tune your ears to the voice of the Lord, you'll get those come follow me messages day after day after day. Come follow me and I'll teach you how to fish for people. Come follow me and I'll, I'll, I'll put you in a position where you can be a salt and light to someone this morning, this afternoon, this evening. Oh, I love it when people call me and say, man, you wouldn't believe what happened to me today. I ran across this person I never met, and I, all I did was smile at them. And, and they threw their arms around me and told me how much I had brightened their day. See, that's, that's, that's at once. Dropping everything you had planned to, to listen to the come follow me message. I want to say yes. I want to drop it at once. Now, here's what that might look like. When the come follow me message comes your way, you're going to lay down your plan. You're going to lay down your dreams. You're going to lay down your career. You know, like, Dwayne, I, is, is God really going to ask me to lay down my career? Listen, probably not. Probably not. But what if he did? Are you in a place, are you following him so closely that if he told you to, if he did, that you would say, okay, and at once. <laughs> if he says, come follow me, are you ready to lay down your addiction, your worry, your fear? Your depression, your anxiety, are you ready to lay that down? At once. Dwayne, I've tried. I get it. I get it. That's why I, I love this passage in 1 Peter chapter 5. He said, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, because he's God and I'm not, right? Humble yourself. under. In other words, you know, we want to read right past that humble yourself thought. But to, to humble ourselves means we have to acknowledge that he's God and I'm not. That he, he knows and I don't. That he's wise and I'm not, right? All right, so humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. That, that word casting only appears twice in the New Testament. Here in one other place. You'll never guess, I'm going to tell you. It's when Jesus is getting ready to ride into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey and his followers cast their garments in front of him. It's the only other time it appears. Now, here's what casting doesn't mean. Casting doesn't mean I'm going to throw my coat in front of Jesus. It doesn't mean I'm going to wait till he's three miles past me and then throw it down. Casting means right now casting means doesn't mean i'm going to carry this for another three years and then throw it down it's not what it means so my my question is you for, for you today is what what care what burden what anxiety what struggle what frustration what addiction what habit what sin what worry 
Are you carrying that the Holy Spirit isn't powerful enough to fix for you? Here's, here's the answer. He can't fix any of them as long as you're carrying them. That's why he said, cast your cares, cast your worries, cast your fears, cast your anxieties on Christ because he cares for you and knows you can't carry them on your own. And here's the problem. We think we can. We think we're, our shoulders are strong enough. We think that our back is strong enough to carry it, and I'm going to tell you that it is not. The sad part is we don't have to. Jesus died to take your care, to take your burden. Jesus died to take your sin. So the call to follow Christ is a call to total surrender. Listen, the call to follow Christ is an urgent surrender. There's a, there's a passion of a, a passion, a passage of Scripture that I've always had a hard time with. And it's Matthew chapter 8. And Jesus is calling his disciples, and he says this. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. And I've always thought that was kind of harsh. Let the man go to his father's funeral. Does that seem unreasonable? No, it, it, I mean, if we're, I know you don't want to say that Jesus was being unreasonable because, you know, thunder and lightning shows up and that's uncomfortable. But doesn't it, just as we, as we share that story, doesn't it seem a little unreasonable? Just let the man go to his father's funeral. Jesus was like, nope, no time. Come now, let's go. He's not going to be more dead tomorrow. But I, I think I've figured out why that story's in the Bible. Because there's always going to be a reason. There's always going to be something in life. There's always going to be, and I hate this word, but it just fits, an excuse as to why we can't surrender today. Why we can't follow Jesus today. The stuff of life will always compete with our fellowship. Always. That's why, that's why our call to follow Christ can't, can't be a checkbox on our priority list. It's got, it's got to be the essence, the central part of our entire life, beyond everything else. And that doesn't mean, and I say things like, you know, you got to be willing to walk away from your job and walk away from all the stuff that you love. And, and, and listen, God loves you, and he, he's probably not going to call you to, you know, move to West Africa and, you know, marry somebody from Zimbabwe. It's probably not what he's going to call you to do. He might, but probably not. But I think where God wants us is, is in that place where if he said, go, if he said, stop, if he said, give, if he said, serve, are, are we in a place where we would obey without question? Yes, at, at once. I, I guess my question is, and this is going to sound harsh, but what is it that we wouldn't lay down for Jesus? And, and see, if, if you can put a name to that thing, 
if that thing is your job, if that thing is your bank account, if that thing's your house, if whatever that thing is that you said, all right, that's the line. I, I, I can't give that. Then that's your Lord. That's, that's the central thing to your life. There'll always be plenty of distractions. There'll always be plenty of deterrence, plenty of stuff to do that would interfere with our call to surrender. I, I think we, you know, I, I remember at, at uh, my home church, maybe y'all did something like this at your home church. Every so often, the missionary would come through and, and talk, right? Y'all remember this? Or is it just me? Okay, missionary would come through, and he'd show their pictures of, you know, you know, the mission field, wherever they were, you know, South America, Africa, wherever they were, and, and you always thought, better him than me, because I don't want to do that. But I, should we be at the place that if God said, yeah, pick it up, sell it all, and go? He probably won't, but what if he did? So the call to follow Christ is a, total, a call to total surrender. It's a call to urgent surrender. And here we go. The call to follow Christ is a call to ultimate surrender. Luke 9 and 23 says it this way. He said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Deny myself? Oh, that screams against our narcissistic self-love culture. It, it just screams against it, doesn't it? Because it's all about me and, and, and making sure that I'm happy and that I, nobody makes me sad and nobody offends me. You better suck it up, buttercup, because that's not the way the world works. And Jesus said, hey, instead of that, instead of, instead of worrying about, you know, somebody knocking you down a pedestal, why don't you just, just get yourself there voluntarily? Just deny yourself. It's not about me. It's about my, my, my walk with Christ. The, that idea that what the gospel teaches us is losing our life, but it's not just the sake of losing our life. It's losing our life so we can find abundant real rich perfect life through the son of god and his name's jesus you know I, I i listen to and i i probably need to quit but i i listen to a lot of descending voices against christianity especially recently and and uh, i think i told you a few weeks ago i got on this like hour and a half tiktok rampage of people just jumping on the church and jumping on religion and jumping and i get it you know the church is broken we've been talking about that on wednesday nights you ought to come by the way we have some really great conversations on wednesday night about the church and you should come be part of that but i i i get i found myself getting so frustrated because they're they're talking about all the things that's wrong with the church and listen when you feel an organization full of broken people there's going to be things wrong with it but at the end of the day what, what's not showing up on that 45-second TikTok video is the people that I know, myself included, my wife, my children, that have 
found life by laying their lives down at the foot of the cross and letting the, the God of the universe invade their heart and lead and guide and direct them. That's what life looks like. That's what worship looks like. So the question is, what did worship look like to Jesus, the Son of God? <laughs> you, can, you can get a real good glimpse of what worship looked like to Jesus just by watching how he prayed in the garden. Now, we believe that Jesus was 100% God, 100% human, and that, that while he operated on earth as a human, he didn't, you know, his, his divinity was still intact. And, and so if Jesus is praying that, you know, those few days leading up to his, his crucifixion, did he know what was coming? The answer is yes. He knew what was coming, and he, he prays this prayer in, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, by the way, I, I went there. And y'all are going to get tired of me talking about going to Israel, but I'm not going to stop. <laughs> Matthew 26, Jesus is praying. He says, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground. Jesus, the Son of God, is praying so fervently that his face is in the dirt. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. In other words... I'm not sure that this is going to be a great few days. And if there's another way, let's go that route. If there's another way, let this punishment, this pain, this torture that I'm going to experience, let it, if there's another way, let it, let it pass. But, but here's what worship looks like to Jesus and what it ought to look like to us. Yet not as I will, but as you will. In other words, not what I want, what you want. The miraculous part of the life of Christ was not only that he lived a sinless life, but he lived a life of complete, perfect surrender to his heavenly Father. And oh, by the way, if we follow Jesus, that's what our lives will look like. I, I heard this very challenging story, and it was told to me as true so I'm going to tell you to tell you as true. It, it's just one of those stories that you hear and you think that can't be true. Nobody would really do that. But it was told to me as true. So I'm, I'm going to tell it to you like it was told to me. Um, it's the story of a woman named Suzanne in Togo, West Africa. Now, if she'd been in West Georgia, it'd be Suzanne. <laughs> but in West Africa, it was Suzanne. Suzanne was getting a little... Up in her years, she was a widow and childless. And in Suzanne's village, there was an evangelistic missionary that came in, set up a tent, and was going to preach a week-long series of revival meetings with an attempt to win this particular community, this little town in West Africa, to Jesus. On the first night of these meetings, Suzanne goes into the tent and surrenders her life miraculously to Christ. Her testimony said that she had lived a life of oppression from generational ancestral spirits that were involved in a lot of different kind of religious stuff and to the tribal witch doctors that had control over her life. 
So she surrenders her life to Jesus miraculously and continues to come to these revival meetings throughout the rest of the week. At these revival meetings, it was customary. People would bring offerings, uh, and then at the end of the service, they would lay these offerings on the table. Now, most of the time, they weren't monetary offerings because these were very poor people. They might bring a, a part of a stalk of bananas or a chicken or, or, or some fruit or vegetable. And at the end of the service, they would lay these offerings and their thanksgiving to God for what he was doing in their life on this, on this table. And this went on night after night until the last night of the revival service, the series of meetings. The pastor preached and there were others that surrendered their life to Christ. And Suzanne is, is, ha, had sat through each night just torn because she had nothing to offer. She was destitute and poor. And so she would silently pray as the others were uh, taking their offering and laying them on the table, wanting to be able to lay something tangible other than just her silent prayer and her worship. She wanted to give something to further the cause of this mission. So the last night, as it's time to uh, receive the offering, Suzanne stands up and walks with the rest of the crowd. It was just a small group. I said crowd, but it was just a, a handful of people there in that, under that tent. And she takes a coin that's worth a significant amount of money and lays it on the table. And the evangelist sees that and didn't want to embarrass her in front of the rest of the people, but was concerned. He knew how destitute, how poor she was, and was concerned that she had maybe stolen it, or that there's no way it could be hers. So after the service was over, the, the preacher, the evangelist, went to Suzanne and said, um, I, I couldn't help but notice what you left on the table. It's, just, it's a substantial amount of money. Um, was it yours? And she said, Pastor, here's what I did. I wanted to give something to help take this message to someone else because this, this message changed my life and set me free from the bondages that I had been in my whole life through these ancestral spirits and these witch doctors that Jesus had set me free. And I'm confident that when I leave this planet, I'll, I'll be welcomed into his kingdom. And I wanted to, I wanted to do something wanted to give something that would help others find that message. So I went to a local farmer and sold myself to his servanthood for the rest of my life. And he gave me that coin. <laughs> That's what total surrender looks like, y'all. Am I, am I telling you? <laughs> Am I telling you to go sell your... No. But here's what I am telling you. What is it that you, that's between you and total surrender? What is it? Is it fear? Is it a habit? Is it doubt? What, what is it? Is it 
religion? Dwayne, I've, I've done the religion thing. It just doesn't work. You're right. It doesn't. But Jesus does. <laughs> I, I, I recognize that, that this kind of surrender isn't for everybody. In fact, didn't Jesus say it something like this? Narrows the way, and few there'll be that find it. So, I guess my question for you today is, do, do you want to walk that narrow way? Do you want to live that kind of life of total, urgent, complete, ultimate surrender? Do you want to lay down your life so you can find it? And, and that sounds a lot like a salvation appeal. And it is, by the way, if you're in the room and you don't know Jesus. But, but let me tell you what, what it also is. It's a Monday appeal and a Thursday afternoon appeal. Are, are, are you willing to leave that celestial, heavenly GPS on? And if it says, get off the road, get off the road. Are you willing to, to listen to God and do what he says so much that it doesn't matter what he says, you'll be willing to do it? doesn't matter what he says to give, you'll be willing to give. It doesn't matter where he tells you to serve, you'll serve. It doesn't matter who he tells you to share your faith with, you'll do it. And that's scary. I know it is. Because it still happens to me 30 years. Or How long have I been saved? Golly. Oh. 40 years. Hang on. I need, anybody got any insure or anything? I just had a, had a very moment there, a senior moment. Listen to me. Um, 40, 40 years ago, uh, I, when I surrendered my life to Christ, listen, I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really realize that this is what, it, what surrender looked like, but I do today. And I'll tell you that there's even moments today uh, where, where I feel like maybe I'm supposed to share my faith with this stranger, and I will argue with God and argue with God and argue with God, and, he, and guess what he does? God doesn't argue. He's just like, this is what I told you. Go do it. And, and, and I'm learning that if I just do it, if I just be obedient, it, it sort of looks like this. I, there's a pastor that I, that I listen to a lot. His name's Ron Edmondson. He said this. This is a quote. He says, surrender is less about finding answers and more about obedience to his plan as he reveals it. Listen, God may not show you what five years from now looks like, but he'll probably show you what Monday morning looks like. Yeah, Jesus said it. I just read it to you. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. It's an everyday thing. So, so I guess who I'm talking to today, uh, you're here, and you're like, Dwayne, that's me. I, I, want, I want to be led by the Spirit of the Lord daily. You know, and I, you know, you'd think after 40 years I'd have it all figured out by now, but I'm still learning. I'm still learning as the Lord deals with me about my own salvation, about where to, where to put boundaries, where to, what to say yes to and what to say no to. And it's an active, daily conversation with Jesus. And we've just relegated our walk with Jesus to Sunday morning, Wednesday night, or Tuesday night, or wherever. And I'm telling you that that's not, that's not the kind of surrender that I'm talking about. I'm talking about you always leave your GPS on even when you think you know where you're going. Donna's going to come, and, and we're going to pray together. Um, 
So I want you to bow your heads. I just want to know who I'm praying for today. Uh, and I, I have a feeling, um, I don't know, maybe a few of you would say, Dwayne, I'm, I'm pretty good about ignoring that GPS. Uh, sometimes the Spirit of God leads me and, and I argue with Him. And, and I just want to I don't know. I, I just want to be more sensitive to his voice. I want to be more willing to obey. I want to be able to, to give an at-once answer when the come follow me call comes from Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've done the church thing and you've, you've never made Jesus not only your Lord but you've never made him your Savior and I would challenge you to do that today I I challenge you to recognize that Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago he was born of a virgin and led a sinless life a perfect life then he gave his blood his life for you to pay your sin down then he rose again three days later in triumph and victory and is alive today praying for you as we speak here today and all they ask of you is for you to believe in him confess that he is Lord repent of your sins that just means turn away from them and then follow him but I think there's many of you that would say Dwayne I'm a Christian I'm a follower of Christ but sometimes I turn my GPS off sometimes I ignore it and I need you to pray for me today. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up so I know I'm praying for you. Amen. 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 Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the wonderful Holy Spirit that leads and guides and directs us, that teaches us counsels us, that comforts us. So God, my prayer is that all of us that call ourselves followers of Jesus would intently listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And God, that you would open up your word to us that we would be committed to to being students of your word so we can more easily recognize your voice. Lord, there's many of us that said, sometimes I just turn that voice off. Sometimes I ignore that voice. God, I I know what that feels like. I I don't want to do that. I want to listen to you and do what you say. So God, I pray that we surrender, that we relinquish our will, our purpose, our plan to you, that we surrender, that we yield ourselves to someone who's more powerful than we are. We yield ourselves to a majestic, powerful creator, God. We listen to you, yield ourselves to you. we surrender. We will do things your way and not ours. We will go your path and not our own. We will 
listen to your voice and not our own wants and desires and needs. God, I know your word tells us that there are few that, that find this path, that it's a narrow way, but God, I, I, I believe there are many today that are committing to that narrow path. We listen to God and follow his prompting and leading him. We're going to be led by Jesus. We're going to be great leaders because we're learning today what it means to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I want to leave you today with this passage of scripture. I don't, I don't use the message Bible a lot, um, but I read this passage in the message Bible. I just wanted, I just wanted you to hear this for me today. So I'm going to read this, and then Donna's going to lead us in a moment, just a moment of worship before we leave this place. I just think it would be in order that we leave this place with worship in our hearts. But I want you to just intently listen to this passage. It's Matthew 16 from the Message Bible. It said, then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anybody need some work today? Just curious. Me too. Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Oh, isn't that good? You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. Now listen, what kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul for? Let's just chase Jesus. Let's follow him. Come on, Donna, lead us. Why don't you stand to your feet and let's just end our service in a moment of worship. Christ alone. Cornerstone, yes. weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. He's Christ alone. of praise for his grace and his goodness hey if the lord did something special in your heart today i want you to jot that down at the bottom of your connection card drop it in in the box on your way out if you're watching online fill that out on lifepointchurch.cc we'd love to have just know what god's done for your life today god bless you have a great afternoon